And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. So have you read my book? I got three of them. And I want to talk today about why entrepreneurs should write a book. So if you've ever thought about doing it, going to drop a whole lot of knowledge on you, probably surprise you when it comes to a lot of other stuff, and hopefully demystify this author process. Now, before I introduce today's guest, today's episode of Startup Hustles Powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software pla- a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. If you're unaware, that's my business. And we love talking to Startup Hustle listeners, love helping you find some solutions. I think the worst thing that could happen during our call is that you'll get some good advice. So reach out. With me today, I've got Melanie Boer. And Melanie is the president and founder of Influence Network Media. You can go to inmauthor.com. There's a link for that in the show notes. I'd like to encourage you to go down and click it. So you have a little bit of context about our lovely guest from Loveland, Ohio. See what I did there? So I can go ahead and say, Melanie, welcome to Startup Hustle. I love it. Thank you. I love being from Loveland. Yeah, I figured, you know, we'll we'll kind of work that in. uh, (laughs) So I like to start my conversations with a little information about your backstory. So let's go ahead and get into that. Yeah. So I am thrilled to be here. I'm a I want to say serial entrepreneur because I have a couple companies, but today we're talking about Influence Network Media. Um, Honestly, you know, I really kind of just got into that because I wrote my own book. And as you said, you wrote yours. I'm excited to hear more about that as well. Uh, Wrote my book and kind of discovered the power of writing, right? And and for me, it became not only my solo book, but um, writing a collective. So we talk about the, the lift you get when you write with other authors. Um, and how that has really helped just from uh, growing my business perspective, growing my my main business uh, and the great things that it has done from that perspective. Well, you know, writing writing a book is a lot of work and there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, I mentioned having written three and there's uh, so there's a few things we can just kind of get out there. First off, I think the number one comment I've got from people that like, oh, you've written a book. Is it available on Audible? So I've gotten that one, but you know, people have a lot of questions about it. I've I've found that I've probably second to that is conversations that I've had with other people that haven't written a book that they swear that they're going to. So I'll always talk to them. I'll say, well, why haven't you done it? And they're like, I don't know. I've been working on it for 10 years. What do you think I should do? And I'll say, I think you should go home and write something. So there you go. Now that's today's episode. Thanks for, no, I'm kidding. Um, No, there's a, there's obviously a lot. Well, you know, <laughs> go ahead, Melanie. Sorry, I'm so excited to talk to you. We, everyone has a book in them, right? So, and one of the things I've been saying recently is, not only does everyone have a, you may not have a whole book, you may have a great chapter, right? So wow. people get overwhelmed. That's kind of one of the uh, barriers that we often see why people don't write. Um, they're worried about the time commitment, the you know how much time is going to take, how many words, you know, do I need seventy thousand words? I don't have that. Or they don't know how to do it, right? Getting all the, you know, getting it out on Amazon, the cover, the editing, formatting, proofing, all that stuff. And then the the other one, sometimes the big one is the cost commitment, right? What's it going to cost me to get it done? So we like to say I am. Write a book? Yeah. Right? Well, it it does. It does. Cost me a lot of money to write my books, actually, because I hired a, a very experienced and high powered editor who uh, Patrick Price is his name. And he was, he's been the editor of like, I don't know, a dozen New York times bestsellers. But with that, the reason I hired him is because like all these things that you just mentioned, uh, if you're going to write a book, uh, that's a lot of stuff to learn how to do once. And Mm -hmm. there's, uh, 
you know, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of little things that go into it. Now with that, there has probably never been a time in the history of literature where it's been easier to write and distribute your own book because Amazon does have a very, uh, you know, like, well, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the books you buy on Amazon, they print that copy just for you when you buy it. And, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. Cause that, you know, there's a lot of people that thought they would sell a lot more books than they did. And they have a garage full of books for that reason. And, you know, so, you know, the, the print on demand thing's a real thing and, and it's pretty neat. And, uh, now the, the question today is why write one? And, uh, you know, I, when you work with people and, and, you know, there's, and once again, go to Melanie's site, cause there's uh, like talking about helping business experts become authors and industry influencers. That's the banner of your website. And that's a lot of good reasons right there for entrepreneurs to write a book. Would you, ma'am, would you like to expand on that for us? I would. You know, we run across people that want to write for a lot of reasons, you know, some uh, just to gain credibility, visibility, right? Share their knowledge. They have so much they want to share. Um, We're really looking for those, you know, thought leaders that want to grow their business, right? So they see their book as a way to whatever, help them get on stage or help them podcast more, or uh, maybe, you know, just grow their business, get another client. You know, we're really looking for those people who are like, Hey, if I do this, it's better than any um, business card that I could have out there. And I do have something to share, right? And I have something I'm passionate about. One of our favorite things to do is to find a theme that we want to write about. So as an example, this year, you know, I'm a, I'm a culture expert. That's one of my core businesses, uh, which is helping companies kind of become a best place to work, right? I, I speak about life's too short to work with jerks, which is a powerful topic in and of itself. And, and true. And so true. And so yeah. true. And so when I'm out there speaking with people, um, the idea, right, is that I can reach more people. It's kind of like a pay it forward movement, right? I can get in front of more people. I can impact the world in a greater way by getting my book out, getting that in more hands, maybe speaking, maybe even landing a client. I think that'd be awesome. And the best thing is if I land one client, I've more than made up for what I paid to be part of what we're doing. Um, again, we, we really do focus on the economical behind it. And that's out on the website. We can talk about that later if you want. But you mentioned earlier, it can be very costly. You know, we, we hear people getting quotes from like seventeen to $30,000 typically to, to get something like that done. Um, and That's I think about that's- what it cost me. Yeah. Um, so I wrote two books at the same time and I'm a little different. So people ask me a lot. They're like, first of all, they said, well, why'd you write a book? Uh, I wanted to. Okay. So now also though, I was in a, tr- so my writing of, and then they, well, well, then they'll ask, well, you, why'd you write two books? And I actually, the reason is because a lot of people have written one. And, uh, there's a, there's, there's a level of differentiation that occurs. So I asked our, our good friend, chat GPT, how authors can, how entrepreneurs can benefit from writing a book outside of the actual sales of the book. And at first it says establishing expertise. So for me, I was in, I saw a transition coming from a business that I owned that I actually wrote about in one of my books where we were going to leave that business. And so I, I told my wife who is so tolerant of my crazy ideas, I said, her name's Jill. So we'll just (laughs) go ahead. And so we can identify the characters in our book here. I said, Jill, I need to reinvent myself. And she's like, well, what do you mean? You've already been really successful. I said, yeah, but it's a different kind of success. I have to, I have to establish something because at the prior business that I had, I didn't need any street cred. I didn't like really care about it. I kind of locked myself away in my science laboratory and made money. And, and, you know, and that was great, but I wanted to do something different. So in order, you know, the, the, there is something to be said about the cred, the street cred that comes Mm -hmm. with establishing expertise. Now that said, a lot of people try to come out with these really sloppy products and shitty books. And like I said, I'm not publishing anything. That's why I hired Patrick. I was like, I'm going to go find the best person that's going to help me navigate through this. I did learn that writing a good book means you usually, you need a good editor. And I think the biggest mistake I hear people make is like, Oh, I'll do that myself. Don't don't you're too close to it. You don't get it. You don't get it. So like he made my books great. And, 
and taught me a lot of stuff. But with that, I found someone. So for me, being an entrepreneur, so my first two books, Million Dollar Bedroom is an educational narrative about me starting a business in the extra bedroom in my home. Had no money. I had no credit. I had no experience doing what I started. I only had a credit card with an $8,000 limit. At the time I wrote the book, I had turned that into $30 million worth of revenue. It was a story worth telling. And then I did another book called Balance Me, which was my take on how uh, how to balance the personal, professional, and physical parts of your life in a way that makes sense. It appears like a life balance book, and I quickly shatter that in the beginning. I'm like, that's a myth. No one's, no one's ever really balanced. And if they do feel that way, it goes away in a hurry. So yeah, I did worked on both of those at the same time. Now my expense came from employing Patrick full time, um, which was hard to do because he works for other clients and stuff. So that's where a lot of that came in. And there were other things with designing a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned, so I, I had actually, before I got in touch with him, had paid someone to make me a cover. And I was like, this is great. I showed it to him and he's like, this is terrible. And I was like, why, dude? I love it. And he goes, shrink it down to the size of a thumbnail on a web page. And I did that. And I was like, oh, it is terrible. So yeah, experts. It, it is good to have an expert. And I I find myself saying, you know, but for COVID, I don't know how I, if I would have ventured into this world. You know, I was running my own consultancy, doing things and things slowed down, right? Uh, and so I really found I had time. And so a lot of people will say, hire the right people to get it done. And in that example, I had a moment where I thought I could do a lot of it myself. And I still, by piecing it all together, spent thousands of dollars. It was really stupid. (laughs) Um, So I think that when you rely on other people's expertise, I mean, Jody and I have built this business based on all the things that we've learned. And we are business women, right? And we only focus on business books because that's our passion and helping business leaders. Um, But we've learned a ton kind of working through this. And she's, she's a savant in her own right, but she has created a course. So the other thing we give our authors is a course to help them. You don't have to go out and learn it yourself. We'll provide it to you. And we've done it, um, with learning management. We're both HR people. So we have a human resource background. And so we put our, what we've learned, uh, you know, how to structure your chapter or your book, how, if you get stuck, how to brainstorm, what to do next, um, how to make it appealing, how to, you know, all the different things, how to market a book. We've put it all into a course. So if you're like, I don't know where to start, great. That comes with the packages that we sell. We'd love to teach people how to do it. Um, and so- Well, you talk, you talk about the lack of expertise in things. When I was first writing it, but like I said, I, I realized I was kind of in over my head. So that's when I went and tried to find an editor. And I was busy trying to take my voice out of my writing and Patrick was like, dude, you're crazy. There's, you should be happy. Respect the fact that you have a voice in your writing because there's authors that search for that forever and never get it. Forever. You're exactly and, right. And like for me, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, man. Like I probably failed an English class at some point. I wasn't a good student. I suck at grammar. I'm great at talking. But that's all a book is. Like if your book, if your book is speaking to someone, you're accomplishing what you're doing. So that tells you how uninformed I was. No, you're exactly right. And we say, find your voice, right? Find your voice and amplify it. You know, get it out there. We all have something that we're really passionate about. Now, whether we can write an entire book or just a chapter, that's the piece that's really important. Um, so I have now my solo and then I have um, six collective books that I'm a part of. So I get to say I've written right seven books. Um, that's what I'm uh, able, you know, it's, that's kind of a cool thing to be able to say that I'm a part of all these books. And what I've enjoyed even more, I think, about the collectives is I didn't have to do it all myself. You know, they always say it's easier to sell someone else than it is to sell yourself. Yeah. So when I can come back to these leaders and say, hey, um, we're writing about, I mentioned the culture book that's coming out this year. I reached out to my network and I have people across the country that are interested in joining in a book to talk about all the different ways that we can create, you know, best practices and drive amazing workplace culture. Cause I know I'm not the only way to do it. You really have to come from a place of abundance. And a lot of people don't come from that spot either, right? Where they're like, no, I only want people to think of me when they think of this topic. And it's, an, it's just a neat multiplier effect when you can get people to band together and do it together. Well, I've got an ultimate multiplier for you. So in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, all my books have what I call conversations in them, 
where which are essentially interviews if you want to look at that which by the way is a great way to eat up some pages that you need and get some interesting people in so number two on this list is networking so in my book million dollar bedroom my the final interview that i did with it was with a guy named matt watson and if those of you that are regular listeners you're like wait is that the other matt these other startup hustle that's my business partner at full scale now yeah and has been. We ended up starting a company. We started this podcast. I had met Matt and talked to him a couple of times before I actually interviewed him for the book. But I will tell you that the relationship that you have with the people that you put into something like a book, a well-written book, it changes your dynamic with that person. It was also that understanding that led us to want to start this podcast because I was like, it, the relationship changes. And Matt and I became friends. It, it took uh, six to nine months for us to come up with what we were going to partner up on. But I mean, we're an Inc 5,000 company. We have 300 employees running five years old, you know, so to say what productive stuff can, why entrepreneurs should write a book. I don't know if I can come up with a better example. That's exactly right. And so is that what you said when you put it into chat GPT, that's what it came up with the second one. It's was networking. networking. It just said networking. And some of that is like the people that you could, but you look, you can flex this into a lot of things like interview, get sources, talk to people about it. It's a good, it's a good reason to call. It's mm -hmm. a good reason to reach out. And it's a good way to get people that are busy to pay attention to you. If they normally wouldn't, uh, one suggestion with that is make it as easy as possible for these people to help you. Don't make them come to you. Don't tell them when you're available. You say, I will come to you uh, at any time that you tell me you're available for however long you say you're available. And I'll make that happen and then do it. That's a big thing. So a lot of people are like, I can't get people to pay attention. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm trying to get them to come meet me for coffee. Don't. So I will come to you. I will make it easy. If you want help from people, make it easy for people to help you. I think that's what we're trying to do. Uh, take the uncertainty out of writing a book, right? And so yeah. the way that we've set it up with the course and the, we, we heard all the cats, you know, we do all the backend stuff. You mentioned having great editors. We hired two editors, a marketing person, an admin, um, just kind of removing those barriers. And so one of the biggest questions then we get is, okay, I have a book. Now what? Like, what do I do with it now? And the idea again in the business world is, well, what are you going to use it for, right? What is that thing, you know, that you really is it just for expertise? Right? You think that's what you said? Share your expertise, establish it. That's awesome. You've got to do the work in getting it out there. I think that's the, you know, if I can get my 10 co-authors to spread my name for me and get it in front of their networks, that's really important. Um, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of people that kind of do that step back and say, well, should I write a solo? No, I already have a solo. So I don't want to write in your collective book. And I would say that's kind of short-sighted because- yeah. Again, not everybody has, I know you've had some tremendous success with this, but I'm, I'm not JK Rowling, you know, I'm not Danielle Steele, you know, it's none, none of us are, and it's hard, it's hard none work. Um, I yeah. think they say the average book doesn't sell 300 copies. Yep. That's a huge statistic. So that again, the average book does not sell. I think it's like 95% of books don't sell 300 copies. I like know people that are, that are successful authors that are celebrating selling 10,000 units. Like that's a lot. That's and a lot. So, so with that, the next on the list was marketing. And that's the main thing for me. So first off, there was the establishment of the street cred. So all my books have been number one on Amazon at some point, which by the way, isn't that hard to do, right? Because Amazon's based on, it's based on dynamic velocity. So if you come out and you promote it well for three days, you're going to be number one on Amazon. And for the rest of your life, you will have been num uh, number one. Mm -hmm. And some people take exception to that. You know what? Suck it. I was Let's number one. That. That's all I needed. I got a <laughs> screenshot of me at number one. If you have a problem with that, go write your own fucking book. Let's right? talk about that because I totally agree with you. And the thing is, they'll say, well, that's a misnomer. You're miss. No, actually. No, it's not. I've got the screenshot and yeah. there's something to be said about you can get the Amazon number one new release. That's a, that's a that's whole a, title too. Category. They're both categories. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is a real thing. And that's why we, we do save the screenshots just in case. So people can't really question. Oh, yeah. I, and I say, was like, yeah, I'm going to take the screenshot, but, but you know what, here's the, here's the reality. Anyone that's trying to call you out on that, ignore it. It's telling them to go write a better book. But, but the big thing for us, 
So there's something I want to point out that people listen haven't thought about. How many times you go somewhere and you get a handful of business cards and you just throw them away? Because I do. I don't. I mean, I've got a stack of them. They fell <laughs> as I was cleaning up my desk. I picked up a little notebook and it sprayed business cards all across. I was like, oh wow. I guess I needed some follow up that I didn't do. Right now, I threw them away. Like they're they're in a drawer or something. People don't throw away books. It feels weird to throw away a book. It's almost like burning it. You know, it's like two steps down from that. But people don't throw away books. If it, if it looks good, it feels good. And, you know, it's on the shelf. It's a constant reminder. It's just and it's a neat thing to give away. It's a nice gift. You know, my book, The Million Dollar Bedroom, has been the most popular to give away. Well, I'm 25,000 units deep on that. And most of them I've given away. Great marketing. Yeah. Great marketing. Some people read them, some people don't, whatever, but it's, it's a nice thing to, it's a nice thing to give away. So make sure if you're going to do it for that purpose, you know, look, take a different approach, put a QR code inside the cover that leads to something you want, or like, I don't know, like if you're going to give it away, it's okay to ask someone to do something like knowing that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, where you can build a team of software developers, testers, or leaders quickly and affordably. See, that's why we do this free podcast for everyone to listen, because we know you're going to tolerate the one minute of that. And it's okay. It is okay. Yeah. Well, I think people forget about the marketing piece too. So you'll get um, editors, right? People that want to do your book and they're like, well, I'll do the publishing. I'll do the editing. Amazon can print on demand. And then you're like, but wait a minute, what about the marketing? And so we have been very intentional to make sure we have a pre-launch, launch day and post-launch marketing plan. Yeah. That we work into all of our packages with our leaders. Um, so that's a different, we're talking about two different kinds of marketing. And for those of you listening to our audio program, I'm holding my hands very far apart out in reality. Melanie will confirm that because she yeah. can see me. Well, they're far apart. So like the marketing for you and your product is different than the marketing of the actual book, which by the way, is kind of tough because there's the thing most people don't know. There's this year, approximately 1.4 million new books will be available. And that is going to be on top of the entire history of literature. So you're a drop in the of water in the ocean. And so how do you stand out? And it can be kind of hard to do that, but you know, there's, and that's where expertise, like call Melanie, they know how to do it. Cause once again, you're probably writing your first book and you haven't done it. You want it to be successful. Like what is your, what is the end result you have in mind? That's to promote yourself or promote your book, do whatever. Now look, a lot of this stuff, if you promote it well, and it can stay at the top of charts, but the reality is you probably experience a boost and then these things kind of come back down to reality and you'll decide whether you want to keep promoting it or not. Is that fair to say? That is, that's totally fair to say. <laughs> and that's, it's kind of the difference between, so there's different kinds of books, right? You can write a solo. You could write one of these collectives that we're talking about where I give you the topic and you're just passionate. Great. That's, you know, like the culture book. I'm gathering leaders. Or you could be that person that's like, hey, I already have a tribe of people and I want to write about this. And what we would say is you only need, we could try and get between six and 10, highest we'll go is 14, but six to 10 authors that are going to write in your book whose name you want to see on the cover with you. And I think that's pretty powerful, right? To say, I want to see these people write with me. We're going to do this together. We're behind the scenes corralling all the cats. And you bring those people to the table. Your name gets to be bigger on the cover, right? Their name is with you. And we figure out what that plan looks like. We do all that, you know, herding of the cats, editing, formatting, proofing, getting it out. And here's the best part. If you're what we call those collective leaders, if you're the collective leader, we set it up in a way where you get all the royalties. Like we're not trying to collect royalties. We're trying to set people up for success. Um, and so we're teaching people how to do that too, you know? Well, tell me if I did it right. Because my third book, The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career. DeCourcy, what do you know about a music career? Well, I worked in the music industry for almost a decade. And people are like, oh, were you a performer? No, I worked for a musical instrument manufacturer that does like $5 billion a year in sale. Now with that, I met a lot of interesting people along the way. I'm very passionate about the industry. I believe that bands are startups too. Some of the cleverest entrepreneurs I know are actually musicians. 
So I got to be friends over the years with a guy named Joel Cummins, who's the keyboardist in a band called Umphreys McGee. They just had their 25th uh, birthday. They sell out venues like Red Rocks. That's 10, nine, 10,000 people. So Joel had wanted to write a book and we thought we would, he had a lot of expertise. So he, so a member of Dave Matthews band wrote the forward for us. I'll just, that's a win right there. Thank you, Jeff Coffin. Now, Joel brought that in. So what I did, I'd already written two books. I I had some experience and I funded it too. I paid for the purpose of writing the book. Joel got other people like Huey Lewis. If you are old like me, you know who Huey Lewis and the power of love is. I was one of the most popular artists in the 80s. Susan Tedeschi, who's one of the most well-known female guitarists in the world. Chuck Lavelle was the, is the music director for a little old band called the Rolling Stones. Taylor Hicks won American Idol. Like it goes on and on and on. And these names are all on the cover with mine. And I think that's cool. I just think I, it's cool. I just, that's like, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed that more than the books I wrote with just my name on them. There, and, and again, that's hard. That's hard to quantify, right? So when we yeah. talk about the multiplier effect, I think that's pretty cool. And you, you have to come at it from a place of, okay, yeah, I wrote mine and I don't know, I'm a consultant leader, thought leader out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Like, I don't know that I'm doing anything amazing, but I absolutely take that stance of bring people with me, right? How can I help others? How can I help grow businesses? Um, we've gone through so much in the world in the last couple of years, right? Whether that's, you know, we don't want to head down that rabbit hole, but a lot of turmoil, right? You know, whatever, political, social upheaval, COVID and whatever we've gone through. I think the world needs a little bit more of that, like coming from a place of abundance, lift others as we go. Like, let's do this together. I know my husband says it sounds a little, uh, whatever, Pollyanna sunshine sometimes, but I think we need a little bit of that. Well, and some of it's just collaboration. And I, so that was my first co-author and I don't know if I want to write a book by myself again, because first off, Joel wrote more of that book than I did. Just full disclosure there. Cause it, he know like, now here's the thing is I did have a career in the music industry. The music industry is like an iceberg. The, the part you see on stage is like 1%. The rest of it's behind the curtain and, I, and there's a lot of different things. So I was able to bring up, I wrote probably the first 25% of the book and then the last 10% because I was able to speak on behalf of startups and, and business and, and a lot of that stuff. And then Joel kind of took over cause he has 25 years of running a successful touring company, essentially. I mean, they generate tens of millions of dollars in revenue every year. Like there are little tips and tricks that are in there. And so many people we were, I was like, man, after we read the book, I was like, dude, there's a lot of people that don't even work in the music industry or want to, they're going to love this freaking book. Cause you kind of, you, you like, music and shows and stuff like that. If you're curious about how that operates or what goes into that. And also like, it's risky. You don't realize that it's expensive, man. You don't know how many people are going to show up every night. Kind of hoping a lot. Sometimes they don't. So there's some funny stories in there too, including the story about when Joel fell off the stage into the orchestra pit and the rest of the band didn't immediately notice. Oh, that's funny. I said, Joel, what'd you do? He goes, well, I tried to get back on stage as quickly as I could before they realized they didn't need a keyboardist. So, yeah. That's great. Co- co-authors is, is a good one. I mean, I love, like, so you're working on a collective book that's got like 10 authors in it? Yeah. So that's what we aim for. So my that's that's culture book. Yeah. But I'll tell you what else, we've been listening to leaders. We've been saying, hey, well, what do you want to see books about? Think of it like, you know, best practices, right? Or you bring together multiple minds and they write about it. Um, Last year we did a business series. So it was sales fusion, marketing fusion, people fusion, uh, leadership fusion, and then talent fusion. And so that one had a little bit of an HR spin to it. But we had such a great response to that. We've been listening for what are some other things people want us to write about? Shocker, entrepreneurial, you know, being an entrepreneur is one of those hot topics. So we this year we plan on putting something out around that. So imagine everyone coming together of what are your best practices for entrepreneurs? Like what are some things people do to see success in those areas? Um, I've got one woman that wants to write about, you know, her whole chapter about how to, you know, bootstrap and build things up and find, you know, finances even. There's so many ways that you could approach some of these different topics. Um, 
Another big one's technology. You know, so in 2023 and beyond, like what are we doing to to improve our technology for business? Think differently, think outside the box, um, streamline, be more efficient with technology, and that's another element. Um, so, anyways, so we're you, always looking for those things. You mentioned the entrepreneur thing and million dollar bedroom. I say it's an educational narrative. I found a fun way to tell you a story about how to start a business and all the little crap you have to go through. And like, and thing Patrick really beat into my head because I was overly verbose. He's like, dude, this, you need like a paragraph about this, not two pages. Keep it moving. And so it was, it was, but, but with that, be open and transparent. People can smell your lack of authenticity through the book. Like, you know, and, and the thing that drives me nuts about entrepreneurs is so many entrepreneurs love telling you the story about their wins and then don't want to tell you about how they failed. We have the opposite approach here on Startup Hustle. And well, you know, like that was the whole purpose. We want to tell the real story of stuff. And that's what people get into. Um, you know, in the, the, Probably the top comment I get from listeners about the podcast is the, well, first off, thank you for producing so much free, good advice. You're welcome. Thanks for paying attention. And then they're like, well, I love it that you keep it real. You don't just talk about wins. So, you know, there's uh, people are going to learn more from your failures because the blueprint that you may have created for success as an entrepreneur is kind of already done at this point. Like it's, you know, it's not real. I even said that in the first uh, part of million dollar bedroom. Like if you, if you bought this or you're reading it because you want a blueprint to do exactly what I did, then put the book back because you're going to be disappointed. It's done. That stuff's already happened and been kind of exploited because once you're successful, it puts a signal flare up and other people just start doing it. And then it's not as awesome. So I'm thinking of, as you said that, I'm thinking of areas where I have failed that I could share with those who might be listening. And like, we've, We've been in business a short while on this influence network media side. And the biggest thing that comes to mind is choosing the right people to tie your name to, right? So um they're gonna remember be- these these things are not easily erased. Yes. Yeah. I have a story about that. So as we were looking for uh as we were looking for uh people to contribute to the book. Um, there is, we were like, we need a DJ and we almost had a guy named bass nectar who has very, very much been canceled at this point. And, uh, for just doing creepy shit. Now, no one knew that, but it it came out after the book and like, we probably would have gone back and like removed, (laughs) like had to reprint, like do a lot of stuff. So some of that is I would encourage people to understand who you're, I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to collab with people, then for me, okay, Joel's a lot more famous than I am. Shop, shop, punch above your weight. You know, find people that have an audience or, or whatever. And, you know, like, I don't know, they're out there and they are, you know, with that though, you got to find people though, that are willing to still be a part of it. Right. Cause some people, when you're punching above your weight, they're like, ah, I've already made it. Why do I want to write with you? And it's hard sometimes to find those people that are like, yeah, let me help you level up. Let me help you. Yeah. Well, I had done it and I offered to pay for it. There was no financial risk for Joel to commute to, to participate now, on the flip side, what I realized is so Jolt, you know, when they go out on, you can buy this book, at our book at the merch stand, which is not subject to royalties and actually is for sale for $5 more because Joel signs them. And that was good. I recovered yeah. my money pretty quickly on that. So, you know, it was all right. Now, with that, I will say we didn't do a great job of marketing it. Um some of that was, and this is like a cautionary tale. So busy people are busy people and they're doing busy people things. And sometimes like you look at selling a book and the reality is like, if you're doing it right, you're going to sell a few copies a day is fair. And that's not that, I mean, realistically, that wasn't super entertaining. It didn't rank very high on my priority list amidst the growth I was experiencing at Startup Hustle and at Full Scale. So probably could have done a better job with that. And as another thing too, is you talk about like, what are the trickle down opportunities? Like we could, this could be like a workshop. It could be like, kind of like what you're doing, 
with your business and, you know, kind of put you into a program or give you advice or something like that. But I don't know that's hard because dude goes out and plays 80 to hundred shows a year across the world. And then I travel the world cause I have 300 employees in the Philippines. So yeah. All right. Well, would you like to know what's next on the list? Yeah, please. Where are we on number em- four? Employee motivation. I was surprised by this, but it makes a lot of sense. So I mentioned I worked for Roland and Roland has a very inspiring founder. His name is Ikatari Kakahashi and better known as Mr. K. But he wrote a book, great book, great book. But I've experienced the same. So like I'm leaving in a few days to go travel to the full scale office in the Philippines. And I always throw a bunch of books in my suitcase. These are really popular amongst my employees. They like reading them. They like, you know, I, I, I actually sign autographs, which is still weird, you know, and I think it's harder to figure out what to write in everyone's book than it is to write the book, like the inscription. So yeah. I have- You customize your inscriptions? That's impressive. I have a couple go-tos. Usually I'll write, keep hustling or quit your day job is another favorite of mine. Um, yeah, because yeah, I like it to be somewhat I try, personal. I try to do that as well. And you're right. I have a couple of tags that I probably do mine too. But I don't have 300 employees in the Philippines that I'm signing them for. So. I, mean, well, I haven't signed it for all of them because they don't oh, okay. all come to the office. But yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Okay, next on the list is, and I think that's good, and it's still a cred thing, thought leadership. If you want to be a thought leader, I think you got to write a book. So, I mean, so we see that. Uh, and so what we've done, so in 2021 and 22, we did the whole help business leaders become authors. And now in 23, one of our focuses is, I alluded to this before. Okay. Hey, I have a book now. What do I do with it? And so we've created a couple, you know, workshop type things, a couple courses on, okay, how do I turn this into speaking, not just speaking gigs, but paid speaking gigs, right? How do I get asked (laughs) to podcast more often? Or um, what's that next step? You know, I, I carefully use the word, how do I become an influencer? I don't know if I, I don't love that term, but we know what that means. And so going from author to influencer, there's a big step. There's right. There's some change in perspective that has to happen or that you have to desire to make that happen. Um, and we're trying to help leaders do that. I mean, and again, we're starting off with what we know and it's, you know, coaching a little bit small scale, but we've already seen a few success stories. So that's been, that's been fun as well. So I, I have, I, I'm, I don't really chase public speaking gigs, but I did. You want to talk about help your book helping you get, uh, so I got paid, uh, five or six grand to give a keynote to the, uh, uh, fraternity executives of America. And they had a finite budget for it and they were kind of waffling a little bit. I was like, well, let me give you 200 bucks with the speaking fee. So the lady that ran it turned around and found a sponsor for the books and basically paid for it, paid awesome. money back and had budget for something else. So you can throw it in. Now, if you're already speaking or you do stuff, there's no better place to sell your book than right after your speech. I mean, there really is. You know, we always, we, we coach leaders too, to think, okay, sometimes when you're getting started, people will say, uh, well, I can't afford to pay you for that. And so we've heard that a couple of times. And the answer then is if, and when you have your book, you can say, okay, but what if I throw in, you know, if I throw in this many books, would you buy them? And again, you can give them a discounted price. Do your print on demand math. So let's just say Amazon charges $5-ish and you can get them to buy them for 15, right? So you'll make $10 per book. So quickly, right? If you say, hey, I'll give you, pick your number, right? hundred books, then you've quickly made a thousand dollars. So that's just a quick example of why it is important to have your book and how you can turn something that might've been an unpaid gig into a paid one as well. For, for books that I, that don't sell directly through Amazon, I do not print them at Amazon. I use Amazon's competitor, which is Ingram spark, uh, which sends like to Barnes and Noble and a bunch of places. And they actually have a much, much more competitive printing press. So I will order, um, uh, man. Okay. So first off, if you don't realize how many books 2,500 is, that's a pallet. So I had ordered 2,500 copies of each of my books. And then a guy shows up in a truck. He's like, yeah, where do you want me to drop these? You have a loading dock, right? And I was like, nope. So I spent the next hour and a half taking books, boxes of books off of the back 
uh, the semi truck and then restacking them in the back of my office. But no, it came out so that if you're going to print more, I mean, that was like a couple bucks a book landed, like delivered everything. So like $2 a piece. It, and I think it might not even have been that much. Um, those, so if you talk about that business card, now my average client at full scale pays 20 grand a month. So if I, if me giving out 10,000 copies of my $2 at a cost book gets me one client, I recover that in one month. And that's why I give away a lot of books. So, you know, other things too, we mentioned Audible in there. So if you want to be a baller on a budget, Audible actually has a marketplace that if you talk, so I paid some, we paid someone to be the voice actor for the realist guide to successful music career. Um, the, uh, but in that same marketplace, there are people that will do it for a percentage of the sales. They kind of, they're your partner though. They're your partner. But if you can't pay for it, but I don't think we paid a whole lot. I think it was maybe like three grand. Yeah. And so I, we probably, right now we have a way to do that um, where we have people that we can get in tied in and we mm -hmm. don't ask for a percent of sales. So that's probably, you know, if you have people that are like, hey, I want to get on Audible, what should I do? Um, we've got some options for that too. There's a lot. Again, you're willing to do it yourself. By the way. And so I, I've taught, oh my God, back to that, like, hey, I'll do it myself. Don't. Oh my Don't. God. Do you know no. how hard it is to make a, an, e, a, a, an audible? Yeah. It's the editing. It's the editing oh, of the God, file. It's, it's, yeah, sure. it's, it's about four or five times the amount of time that you get in finished product to produce it. So like, and that's, I actually didn't do audible on my other two books. First off, I should have done one on balance me and maybe I will. But I, but I struggled for Million Dollar Bedroom. That was like my story and I didn't want it read by anybody other than me, um, which there may never be an audible for that because I don't know if I'm ever going to find time to do it. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel the, about mine. The cool I thing would... with audible though is that doesn't cost you anything and they let you do like you can do, they'll give you like five days a year or something to give it away for free. Um, and then, you know, some of it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just another way to do it. People always ask me, they're like, dude, what's the best book you've read? What's the last book you've read? The one, the last one I wrote, I'm an audible guy. If I even do that, I'm getting an email. I got an email this morning telling me to spend my audible credits because they're piling up. So that kind of tells you where I'm at on that. You know, there is a weird thing that happens with audible and, and well, and even eBooks um, when you send them out to people. Amazon keeps a large portion of the proceeds unless people actually click through or mark it as read. Have you seen that? Or have you yeah, heard yeah, that? yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like uh, royalties, like if you're an artist on Spotify. So the thing that people don't realize is if you listen to 33 seconds, not or 30 seconds, 31 seconds, excuse me, on Spotify, that triggers a, a fraction of a penny for a royalty. So Amazon has something similar to that where they have, it's the Kindle subscription. So, and you'll get paid per page, which yeah. doesn't seem like a whole lot, but whatever. No, it doesn't. But you know, I encourage people now that I'm kind of in the industry, like if you know someone and like someone and you have their book, click yeah. that you've read it, even if you haven't, because they deserve the royalties more than Amazon keeping the money themselves, you know? So I'd much rather my money go to the person that put the effort in than just the big conglomerate, you know? All right. So, man, we're whizzing through this. I love this topic, by the way. Uh, last on this list in the, the legacy building. I think this is a real thing, man. Like, I mean, Google me. If you're listening, Google Matt DeCourcy. I got the cool little sidebar and all that other stuff. It just kind of like, it just, it's back to that cred thing. So why is that important? Because look, man, most of the people you don't want to reach, they don't know who you are yet. They're going to go Google you. Look good on Google. Yeah. Ain't Google and Amazon, right? Now you can put in your name and you're something findable. They can find and buy your, your books or content there. So we'll also show up on Google. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. 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 So uh, by the way, Amazon's a really valid marketing tool because when you're an author on Amazon, you get to build a cool little page. And by the way, I'm like sitting here making notes about all the shit that I need to update. So you got to keep up with that too. 
Um, Matt, yeah. if you need some book coaches, I know people that can help you with that. <laughs> Maybe I think I just need like you a, need people I, to get I've it done. A life coach. I wrote uh-huh. a book. Of, I am maybe a life coach. Like I don't know. It's, you need people to get it done for you. But yeah, there's. Oh God! I I and, told my wife the other day. I said, Jill, I hit a milestone today, and she's like, Really? What? And I said, I'm officially a hundred years behind on my to do list. She's like, Congratulations! I knew you could do it. <sighs> Yeah, that's a little, that's the inside look on what it's like backstage. Um, So as we proceed to the Founders Freestyle, which is like how I like to end my episodes of the show, I want to remind everyone today's episode was brought to you by Fullscale.io. That's probably what I need to write another book about because I ended Million Dollar Bedroom right around the time we started that. And that it's just crazy how much of the connective tissue that as an entrepreneur can come from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. The people that I hired, okay, the guy that was the quote intern in Million Dollar Bedroom is Daryl Blackburn, who is full scale COO. He is an award-winning dude now. He was an intern at my in my extra bedroom at my home yeah so shit happens and you know these connective tissues uh, business partner from one of them you know like i don't know man I, i'll hang out with dudes from dave matthews band and i have so thanks joel you know for introducing me to people it's just fun it can be fun i don't think you should probably i, I don't want to burst the bubble on 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 your stuff but if you're going to, if your goal, if you're unknown and your goal is to write a book and you think that's, you're going to make a ton of money off of it, I wish you the best of luck, but I will tell you, you have a very, very, very steep uphill climb to get there. So um, if you don't have the resources or an audience behind it, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So I mentioned Founders Freestyle. You're the founder of a company. I like to end my episodes by giving the ga- our guests a chance to freestyle in the mic. You can say whatever you want. I've had people rap, sing, recite poetry. Most people just make some decent comments. So <laughs> yeah, I actually did rap. Finally, I chat GPT helped me with that. I said, write me a rap about, about sales. So yeah, I was doing an episode about sales and yeah, I kind of rapped a little bit. I realized I'm not a very good rapper. That's pretty awesome. Okay, no, I wish I could rap or sing or whatever. It wasn't awesome. That was my point, though. It was, oh. yeah, it was the thought. It was the effort that counted. I love it. Well, okay, so I have a little something that I'll maybe give us for some closure. So one of the things that we're doing is we're um, helping people find their voice, right? We've talked about this. Uh, we're in the Midwest, and what I love to kind of talk a little bit about is things happen on the East Coast and West Coast in the U.S. so much quicker than it does in the Midwest. Wait, I don't even know. Where are you at? Kansas City. Okay. Where it's okay. really easy to stand out. So like, <laughs> while it might not happen as quickly, it's, uh, it's a little easier to stand out. Okay. And Cincinnati has some of that too. So I like to tell this little story about how um, I've moved all over Ohio. And if you're not an Ohio person, this may or may not resonate with you, but I grew up in Dayton, Ohio and moved to Marion, Ohio. And so I like to joke and I say, what, well, what's halfway between Dayton and Marion? A cornfield? No. Well, yes, Marysville, but actually it's, in, I would say engagement it should be engagement ohio but there is no such thing to get it dayton and marion engagement okay uh, and as, we, as we opened this story with i live in loveland right um for a brief time i actually lived in a little town um east of cleveland called painesville my family's from chillicothe so anyways we've moved all over i'm one of the few ohioans a true buckeye that can say i went from dayton to marion with a brief stint in painesville and wound up in loveland that's a that's a life story right there for okay. you. Okay, I I think speaking of Painesville, I did just watch the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Bengals. Or yeah, no, yeah was at the Bengals. I I forgot. Yeah, do they? Have, your, yeah. The mayor was talking too much shit about Patrick Mahomes for me to care. But, that's yeah. so funny. We're actually I had we're Browns fans. I, had to do it. I couldn't. We're I couldn't, Browns fans, so I can't even really. Oh I, can't, God, I mean, I would so, I know that's its own kind of punishment. That's Painesville. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's in Cleveland. It is. Yeah, it happens. You know, we all try our best. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. I know I, I did a lot of talking here with that, and and you know, I never know where the conversation's going to go. I just I get really excited about this topic because I really do like it. Was at the time that I sat down to write books, and I mentioned going and telling my wife, I'm like, I'm going to write two books, you know, and I'm going to spend a bunch of money doing it. Just kind of like, okay. 
And, you know, we have looked back and that was about five years ago. It was about almost six at, at this point. And, you know, we have looked back uh, at several points of reflect sitting back with that, you know, glass of red wine and we're going, you know what, that reinvention worked. It worked. And, you know, the, but these, all these things kind of happen one, one Lego at a time and you need to build your own Lego castle. Sometimes that's with an actual set that's meant to build something. And sometimes it's like my kids' Legos where it's from like 27 different sets. And you're like, honey, a castle doesn't usually have a wheel on it. And my kid will be like, yeah, but this one does. I'm like, you're right, it does. So your Lego castle can look however it is you want. Um, you know, anytime you're going to put content out there, a podcast, a video, a book, you're going to have some people that are going to talk shit and not like it. Who cares? Who cares? Did they write a book? Do they have a podcast? Are they putting out content? Because if they aren't, you shouldn't give a shit. Right. Like, right. yeah, if you're, it's kind of like I, I get in trouble talking because I, I'm never going to go to another panel where people that aren't entrepreneurs want to tell me about how to be an entrepreneur. Like you do not have my attention. I'm sorry. So, yeah, but with that, you know, I, I really do recommend finding a guide for your journey through authorship because there's a lot of stuff out there and you can like, look, I was ready to publish a book with a shitty cover on it. And it really was. And mm -hmm. I got around the right people that helped me make a better book, who helped me, uh, <clears throat> held me accountable for creating it. You know, it was like, I woke up every day with someone that was like, Hey, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And yes, I did write my own books, but I think a great editor and I'm sure, you know, a few. That's right. All right. And that's it. So, so that's, that's, we want to help you build your Lego castle, right? It's true. And it's, uh, but the, the thing is, is there's, there's, Times when I, I recommend that entrepreneurs gain the expertise and possess it and keep it. And then there's times where you just need to know how to do something once. And that's where, that's where like go to IN, INM author, link in the show notes and find, I don't know, find someone to help you guide you through it. Cause you'll, you'll get it done faster. It'll come out better and you will have less of a headache about it. And that's my input. I'm going to go fix all this stuff about these books now. And probably talk to you about another one that I want to write. So I could see you writing in this entrepreneur book that might be coming out in the near future. Maybe, or maybe. <laughs> I kind of want, honestly, I've, I've got 1,100 episodes with of this show with amazing people. And they, here's the thing. It's like, well, we'll extend here for a second. You might be sitting upon an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the content that you want to create. Like it's out there. It is out there. I've got, I've got 1100 podcasts. I have 900 blogs just at the full scale site. I've got hundreds of videos on YouTube and it's like, what would we write about? I don't know. I think we kind of already did mm -hmm. put it together. So I'm going to catch up with you down the road. Go check out, go check out inmauthor.com. I bet they'll help you get it done. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.